Welcome to Getting In, a college coach conversation hosted by Elizabeth Heaton. On this show, the team of experts from Bright Horizons College Coach aim to demystify college admissions and finance. From choosing the right college, developing a payment strategy, creating a high school plan, and more. Each episode will help guide your family through the various steps of the process. Now, here is your host. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of Getting In a College Coach Conversation. I'm Sally Ganga. We have a great show today. For the second segment, I'll be talking with Kara Courtois, college coach veteran, about the pros and cons of applying early to college versus during regular decision. Following that, Elise Krantz, another college coach veteran, and I will be discussing how to research majors. By the way, if you are able to, do try and watch this on video. You'll be able to find the link on our blog page, blog getintocollege.com because Elise will be showing how to navigate through helpful websites to find that information. But first, uh, again, if you're watching this on video, you'll be able to see um, Beth Feinberg Keenan. She's one of College Coaches Finance Consultants, and she's going to be giving finance t- uh, tips to college graduates. How are you doing, Beth? I'm doing great, Sally. How are you today? I am good. Thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciated. And this is a field that I I've been learning so much on this radio show, interviewing the finance people. So it's been really, really helpful. So, so what about, um, I mean, I think probably the first thing to do, and I admit that like, I didn't really do this when I graduated from college, um, as you know, how do you create a budget as someone coming right out of college? That's a great question, Sally. I think for those, you know, recent college graduates, um, especially if you're you know, going to be studying first job is to get a hold of your paycheck. Uh, figure out what your what your take home pay is. I mean, if you're if you've been told that your salary is X, it doesn't mean that that's what you're taking home. You know, if you haven't, you know, necessarily looked at your paycheck, they're taking things out for taxes. Uh, they're taking money out for Social Security. So you want to make sure that you know what your what your take home pay is at the end of at the end of the day. You know, at the end of the week or you know how often you're getting paid. But then you also have to account for what are your expenses? Think about what your necessities are. If you're moving out on your own, um, you have rent, uh, you have utilities. Um, maybe you might have some type of you know, insurance uh, that you're going to be paying. Food, <laughs> you're, as I say, you're, you're likely to eat. But then you also have bills. <laughs> um, if you have a car, you could have a car payment uh, that you're still making. If you're a recent college graduate, uh, you could have borrowed student loans. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, you know, talk about that a little bit. But, you know, you can't forget about those student loan payments. They might not be on your doorstep today, but they're likely going to be on your doorstep in the future. And then I don't know about you, Sally, but as I say, like when I graduated college, like, hey, I want to still go out with my friends. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that I set aside some money for entertainment. Mm -hmm. So part of your budget should also have a line item for entertainment. Think about those things that you like to do. Do you like to go out to eat? Are you somebody who likes to go shopping? Um, Or you like to go to concerts and travel? You know, travel is something that I enjoy. And I know I enjoyed it, as I say, when I was out of college. So you want to make sure that you're planning for those expenses. It might not be something that you're doing weekly, might not be something that you're doing monthly, but you want to make sure that you're accounting for those expenses when they, you know, when they come up. Mm-hmm. And then also think about those things that won't be everyday expenses. I mean, God forbid you have some type of medical emergency and that you have a large medical bill. So setting mm-hmm. aside some money for medical bills, or if you have a car, 
Mm-hmm. We all know that cars cost us money. So making sure you're prepared for that. But at the end of the month, you want to make sure that you know your take home is in line with your expenses. And if it's not in line with your expenses, then revisit. Like, what are you spending your money on? Are there Mm -hmm. places that you can cut back, change your expenses? Maybe you're in a position where you guys can get a part-time job on top of your full-time job. And maybe you're going to be lucky enough that you say, hey, you know what? I have some extra money. Mm -hmm. And what am I going to do with that extra money? Um, If you have a little bit of extra money, one thing that, you know, my parents always told me is thinking about having an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. planning for a rainy day. So think about starting maybe an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's kind of funny as you describe all this. Um, in my second job, I was an associate director and I was only 30, but I had learned from my earlier mistakes. And so we had hired a, a college um a college admission officer right out of college at the college where I was working Whittier. And the first thing she went out and did was buy a VW Jetta. (laughs) And I was like, I was, she told me about her plan and I didn't want to like kill her dreams, but I was like, you're not making as much money as you think you are (laughs) like, and VW, remember, it's not just the cost of the car, the payment, it's the insurance. It's like, it's going to be, I was like trying maybe get last year's model, like do something to reduce the cost. She didn't do any of that. (laughs) Like she went, she was like, Sally, I got the best deal, (laughs) you know? And then she gets her first paycheck and she was like, where'd all my money go? I was like, Molly, I'm really sorry, but this is the painful moment when you realize you're not making as much as you thought you were, you know? And, uh, I said, look, it'll now you have to hold on to this car for a really long time to make this money worth it, because now you're going to have to budget it carefully. Whereas if she'd held on to her old beater of a car that she'd had, she probably wouldn't have had to budget too much, you know? Yeah, so. definitely. It's, 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 it's the balance of needs versus wants. And so she right. really wanted this type of car, but she just really needed She needed to get to work. But, you know, it's yeah, no, she, that. <laughs> yeah, she really didn't need I mean, like, she needed a car. But a Honda Civic would have sufficed. You know what I mean? Like that's that that was I was like, Molly, are you sure? But she needed to do it for herself. She was so excited. And like I kind of I tried, I very carefully did not say I told you so, (laughs) but I did just say, now you'll make it work. That's what's gonna happen. So um yeah, so keep those things in mind. All right. So um, so you mentioned an emergency fund. So what is an emergency fund? I mean, some people might really not know. Um, and then how much should you save in it. So Sally, an emergency fund is exactly what it sounds like. It is a fund where you're going to save for things that you don't plan for really that you can't plan for, mm-hmm. you know, those medical expenses that like nobody expects to break a bone or to get very sick and have like a large medical bill or maybe to have a significant car expense. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, one other thing that, especially in today's society is, you know, thinking about job security. So you don't plan to lose your job. So a good rule of thumb is having savings set aside for maybe three to six months of expenses, because if God forbid something were to happen and you were to lose your job, Mm -hmm. guess what? If you're living on your own, rent is still due. You still have to eat. And if you don't have money set aside, that you're going to have to figure out how are you still going to cover those expenses. Mm-hmm. So you had asked about, you know, how much to set aside. I think three to six months is a good rule of thumb. 
you know, if you think, if you think of that and say, Oh my gosh, my expenses are $2,000 a month or $3,000 a month or whatever they are. And you're like, how am I ever going to do that? You know what? Don't look at that end goal, but think about those baby steps. What can you put in and work your way towards it? If you're a recent college grad and you're right out of college, I mean, look at it as baby steps and not those mountains that you're going to climb. I mean, cause you're going to climb them slowly and you're going to, you know, you're going to reach that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I remember reading a statistic that a lot of Americans, a majority, unfortunately, or maybe it's not a majority, but a significant minority can't, couldn't afford a $400 emergency. So maybe your first goal is just to be able to save $500. So you could, you, you know, like maybe that's a hundred dollars a month or $50 right. a month, you know? So these are, these kinds of things are more achievable. Um, and so what, what are some priorities that college graduates should think about when they're saving money and paying down debt? And I, I actually think this is really important because I have to say that for me, and again, this was me being young and foolish, just saving for an emergency fund didn't sound fun, but saving up for a trip <laughs> to Europe, that, that I was motivated by, you know, like, so, um, so anyway, like what, you know, but, but maybe that's not one of the priorities you're thinking about, Beth. <laughs> it really isn't. I was going to say one of the things that I, you know, I, that I had thought about, but I, I, I like where you're, how you're thinking. <laughs> um, that might be somebody's emergency, you know, but an emergency fund is, you know, is definitely something that you want to save for. So that's probably one of your priorities. The other thing that I think about that nobody ever really explained to me when I graduated college is starting to save for retirement. Um, if you are, you know, employed by a company, check to see if they have a 401k or other type of employer-sponsored retirement account. Um, If your company offers a match, you know, 1% match, 2% match, you know, make sure that you're contributing enough to get that match because Mm -hmm. it's free money that's on the, you know, free money that you're, you don't have to save. Mm -hmm. And it's really going to help you in the long run. I mean, I remember when I started to work at Northeastern, because that's where I started my career. Nobody ever really explained it to me. I was about 23 years old and we had a pretty you know, good match. And you know, it was probably three or four years before I even thought about participating because one of my colleagues said, Hey, like, are you thinking about it? And I was like, no, can you explain this to me? Mm-hmm. So I hope that those of you who are listening, you know, think about that because starting early can really make a significant difference. The miracle of compounding interest is, you know, I was going to say is really a miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're able to save a thousand dollars, you know, when you're 22, when you're 72, because of compounding interest at a 6% rate of return, that's likely to be, you know, $20,000. And you started off with a thousand dollars. So just think about it. You know, if you have a small portion of your paycheck going to a 401k, and your company's matching a portion of that, that's likely going to set you up in the future that you're going to have more resources than you thought for retirement. Mm-hmm. In addition, like if you have credit card you know, debt and you have high interest credit card debt, you know, start chipping away at that. Um, you, don't want, you don't want to be making just the minimum monthly payments. I mean, making the minimum monthly payment, definitely. But if you can make larger payments, that's going to help you out in the long run. And then make sure that you're also preparing for your student loan payments in the future, mm-hmm. because most college graduates, you know, you have that grace period. You're not going to be making payments the day that you graduate from college, but before you know it, that six months is going to fly by and like your service is going to be saying, Hey, 
Mm-hmm. Sally, you know, this is the payment that you owe us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was a little traumatic for me. <laughs> I remember it. And believe me, I celebrated 10 years down the road when I had paid them all off. But yeah, I mean, actually, you know, maybe one of the things to think about is set aside the money you're going to need to be paying on your loans. Get an emergency fund that way. And then, you know, and then, you know, you're not going to miss it as much out of your budget, something like that. I don't know. I just say this because for me, I needed those little tricks to make myself a better money manager. Right. Or, you know, maybe the emergency fund or if you have high interest rate credit card debt, look at, you know, making larger payments and knowing that in six months down the line, you're going to have to pull back on that credit card debt Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to redirect it to your student loans. So exactly like you said, Sally, that you are already redirecting it. um, Mm -hmm and budgeting for it. Okay. All right. So while many recent college graduates are not currently making student loan payments, um, you know, is there anything they can do now to prepare for their future payments, which really will be coming pretty soon, right? It looks like September, I think. Well, September is, you know, when the administrative forbearance ends, but that's completely different. So for recent college graduates who graduated in May, Mm -hmm. it's likely that those payments aren't going to be starting until December, January, December. So they still have a little bit of time. So as a recent college graduate, you know, make sure that you know what you have in loans and where your loans are. If all if all you have is federal loans, it's likely to be held with the same servicer. Um, if you have private loans and federal loans, okay, you want to make sure you know who who's holding that money. But where do you get that information? If your federal loans, you're not sure who hold who holds them. There's a website called studentloans.gov where you can get information on those loans. If you want to find out about all of your education debt, you can pull up a copy of your credit report and find that information. If you've moved, make sure that your servicers know where you've moved to because missing a payment, late on a payment because you've moved and you didn't get the information is not going to fly. So you want to make sure that your address is up to date and then figure out what your monthly payment is. You know, work with your servicers, figure out what your required monthly payment is. If you're saying, hey, I can't afford that. Then start having a conversation with your servicers to find out like, okay, what other repayment options are available to me? And what payment is going to work best for me. So it's going to work within your budget and you'll be prepared. Mm -hmm. So December, January comes along. You're going to say, Hey, you know what? I took the steps that I needed to, and I've got this. Mm -hmm. All right. Great. I like the inspirational note at the end. (laughs) You can get this, you can do it. Um, All right. So one last question. Um, I think it's important for college graduates um, to have insurance. Um, What kind of insurance should they be thinking about? So I, you know, many of you were covered under your parents' health insurance policies or your parents, you know, bought the policy from the college. So if you're still covered under your parents' policy, you want to make sure that if you've moved outside of their house, that their policy still covers you Um, or check also with the with the you know company that you're working for, what type of health insurance, dental insurance, vision insurance is provided by your employer. If you are living in an apartment, I know Sally, you and I talked about this, uh, renter's insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't plan to be burglarized. Um, hopefully you're not going to encounter any type of smoke or fire damage or water damage, but renter's insurance can cover you. God forbid some type of you know damage happens uh, to your apartment. If you have a car, 
uh, you need car insurance. Every single state requires you to have minimum liability. So it's important to make sure that, you know, you're covered with car insurance. And then also with your employer, think about, you know, disability insurance. Um, and many also have life insurance. And the life insurance that's uh, provided by your employer is usually enough for, let's say, like a young, healthy um, individual. But you don't necessarily need to look outside for, you know, other health insurance policies. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that's great. Thank you so much, Beth. Uh, You're very welcome, Sally. Thank you. All right. So we're going to be taking a break, but we'll be right back with Cara Courtois. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. College admissions can be stressful. But Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Our college experts who worked in admissions and financial aid at some of the nation's most selective institutions offer ethical, customized assistance based on each student's individual strengths and interests. Students receive one-on-one guidance throughout the process, and our 100% success rate means all of our students have been accepted to college. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. When it's time to go through the college admissions process, look to Bright Horizons College Coach for ethical guidance and customized support. Our educators will get to know your students' ambitions and talents, help highlight hard-won achievements, and create a plan for getting into a top-choice school. That plan includes helping your student choose classes and extracurriculars, create a college list, brainstorm and edit essays, and navigate college financing options. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. Out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome welcome to Kara Courtois, one of my colleagues at Bright Horizons College Coach. How are you today, Kara? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely my pleasure. All right, so this is actually, I think people feel like this topic is super complex, but I think it's not actually that complex. And so uh, we'll talk about it. So basically it's the pros and cons of applying early to a college. Like, do you want to apply early action, uh, rolling early or early decision? Um, so why don't, why don't we just dig into it? Why don't you talk about some of the pros, some of the cons and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, number one pro I think to call out is it's great just to go with the flow of what most students in your school are probably aiming for is to get at least one application in on the earlier side towards a deadline is the easiest thing to aim for as opposed to, you know, it's a January 1st deadline and I'm just trying to get it in earlier. That's hard. Mm -hmm. But I think um, when students identify their colleges, I always say a good, you know, goal is to have at least one that has an earlier deadline. So big difference. And I think when I was in admissions at Barnard, the confusing part for students was what's the difference between early decision versus mm-hmm. early action when we talk about um, early and then rolling. 
of course. So do you want me to break those? Yeah, why don't we break those down? Because I think people do find it confusing and understandably so. Totally. I always wish they were renamed. But nonetheless, um, I think basic goal, hopefully you have one. Most students are not going to be doing an early decision binding option because of that binding part, both Mm -hmm. the financial piece. So if you have a school on your list that has a binding early decision, it's usually around November 1st deadline, November 15th sometimes, that you can't mistakenly make that contract happen. You sign it, your parent signs it, or guardian and a guidance counselor signs it. So you can't mistakenly do that. So you're going to definitely go in and you would only do that for one school. That's your Mm -hmm. top, top choice. And most importantly, your parents, guardians, whomever is going to help pay the bill are fully aware of how much that commitment is going to be. So there's a whole other piece I'll let financial aid talk about, you know, at Mm -hmm. some point if you want to consider that. But then early action is really um, such a beautiful opportunity for so many students to consider if your schools or any one of your schools will say has early action non-binding then you want to see if you can you know apply for that and I put an asterisk next to the early action because there's so many confusing options an occasional school will have restrictive early action or a single choice early action what you and I are probably talking about in this space is just pure early action. Mm-hmm. And that if a student um, has that as an option, it's such a great option. Don't let it pass you up. The only student that I would generally say maybe doesn't apply to an early action is maybe if they had a tough junior year. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sort of anticipating that maybe a few other students who maybe you know, prior to COVID might've been on the path for early, but maybe had a rocky go of it with a lot of virtual learning. Maybe they pause, but, but even then I would really have them encourage them to talk with their guidance counselor, you know, Mm -hmm. and really think, should I pass this deadline by? Because a big part, and you and I have chatted about this, you know, Mm -hmm. before is there's a lot more energy and vibrancy and, you know, and, and ability to get things done in the fall of senior year that as the senior year goes on and people get tired and mm-hmm. classes get tougher and you really try, want to try and hit one of the early um, mm-hmm. deadlines. And then, I mean, the advantages too, is that then maybe you get in early and Ooh. I can't tell you how happy I've been doing this long enough. Every student, the first college they get into, it's just this huge weight yes. off their back. They're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to college and I'll say, I always knew you were, but I'm glad that now you know it, you know, even if it's their rock solid safety that they're okay with, but they don't, they don't actually love, sorry, I've got trains going by in the background. Um, You know, even then they're just happy because they know they're going to college. So absolutely take advantage of early action or yeah, early decision, be careful, think about it. But early action is most of the time is just really going to be a no brainer. To, mm-hmm. to try for that deadline because the worst case scenario is that well maybe they deny you but only only if they would have denied you regular anyway and mm-hmm. then as yeah. painful as that is that now you know you need to move on you need yes. to move on yeah fine and the beautiful thing I regularly say to students is you might want to set the mindset that you could very likely get deferred mm-hmm. and a defer is not a deny 
A defer mm -hmm. is let's see what the rest of the pool of candidates looks like. Let's mm -hmm. see how you're doing for semester senior year. Mm -hmm. So keep up those senior year grades, mm -hmm. you know, yes. overall, <laughs> you know, and um, and tell us if you're still interested. A lot of the schools who do defer will often say, hey, you know, tell us a little bit more about yourself and are you still interested? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some students, maybe they got into another choice at that point and walk away from a defer. But most importantly, it's another opportunity is often what I see. So definitely, I'd love for every student to have at least one early action, you know, on their list, if that's possible. And if not, then there's the final rolling. Mm -hmm. If there's, there's far fewer student schools that I find that have rolling or call it out in their, you know, admissions website to say, you know, they admit on a rolling basis. But if a student does have that as an option, I always say, yes, jump on mm -hmm. that, get that in September, you know, mm -hmm. be that student that walks into your guidance office and says, yeah, I've got my, you know, my application for, I'll say Indiana University, even mm -hmm. though it has a deadline, they tend to admit on a rolling basis you know, get it in because mm -hmm. then the forward momentum is set and you're more likely to stay on task with mm -hmm. your applications. So, and one last motivation to get things in early is uh, merit scholarships. I just want to throw that out there. It's not always going to help with that, but sometimes it really can. And mm -hmm. a few, I think a year or so ago, I talked to a woman whose son was very, very strong, but he really just wanted to go to the local state university. She tried to get him to apply early and he was like, mom, I don't need to. I'm going to get in there anyway, which was true. But when I looked on their website, I said, he's missed the deadline for a major mm -hmm. scholarship that he might have qualified for. So this poor woman was basically going to be out 20,000 that she could have saved. And I, you know, I just, so you're not, so really for me, just err on the side of applying early, Always. you know, cause Always. you might, you know, there might even be reasons to do it that you're not aware of. So. Absolutely. And I regularly say to students, if you can sit down at Thanksgiving, you know, with your family and you know that you've finished the bulk of your applications and maybe submitted a mm -hmm. few, you can have a far better, you know, balance in how you perform academically in enjoying senior year. You know, we're hopeful students are going back to some normalcy this mm -hmm. year, which means maybe a social life, you know, on top of doing applications. So mm -hmm. definitely earlier is better. And your parents didn't tell us to say that. We're saying that. <laughs> yeah, we believe me. We are we saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Well, thank you so much, Kara. Really appreciate so having you on the you, show. Sally. Nice to see you too. Be well. You too. Bye. All right, everybody. We'll be back in just a minute with Elise Krantz, and uh, we'll be talking about how to research colleges. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. College admissions can be stressful, but Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Our college experts who worked in admissions and financial aid at some of the nation's most selective institutions offer ethical, customized assistance based on each student's individual strengths and interests. Students receive one-on-one -on -one guidance throughout the process, and our 100% success rate means all of our students have been accepted to college. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. 
When it's time to go through the college admissions process, look to Bright Horizons College Coach for ethical guidance and customized support. Our educators will get to know your students' ambitions and talents, help highlight hard-won achievements, and create a plan for getting into a top-choice school. That plan includes helping your student choose classes and extracurriculars, create a college list, brainstorm and edit essays, and navigate college financing options. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm happy to say that we have Elise Kranz here, another college coach colleague, and I will say researcher extraordinaire. I believe her mother is a librarian and she got all her mother's genes. So um, so today, Elise is going to be helping us out on how to research majors. And I full disclosure, at least I didn't research majors at all. I mean, I, like it worked out for me, but I had a catalog. I think I read through a couple of the like political science classes and that was it. And then I switched to history when I got there anyway. So, so we are, but we are recommending that you are more organized than I am. Um, I just want to make sure you know that if you've never thought of doing this, you're not alone. <laughs> All right, Elisa, let's dig right in. Like what's a kind of an initial way that a student who either wants to know more about a major or is undecided and needs to learn about a few different majors, what are some steps that they can take? So I know a lot of students often approach this process in one of two formats. One is like the I know exactly what I want to study, right? Like I am gung-ho, I'm ready. Like whether it's I want to be a teacher or I know I want to be pre-med or they have this idea. And so they go into the process very focused on a particular major. And we can talk about that. And then there's for students for whom they haven't quite either discovered what it is that gets them super excited to learn or they're just saturated by lots of different options, right? And they can't yet narrow it down. So for some students, it's just, it's overwhelming and they don't know even where to begin. But I would suggest that even for the students that think there is one major and that's right for me, I think there's still a lot of room that can be done in terms of the research process before they get to the application side, just to make sure that whatever that major is, is really going to be what they have in their minds as being how it's going to play out in real life. I think that's really important. I mean, uh, this especially seems to happen with business and computer science majors. These are both majors that rely very heavily on mathematics. And I regularly talk to students who don't like math who might want to go into, and computer science in particular is so mathematically heavy and it's shocking to them. Uh, They're like, but I did well in my computer science class. And I'm like, yeah, but as you progress through the field, it's going to be more mathematically uh, dependent. And then even business, you know, you're going to have to take probably at least one math class. And if you want finance or accounting, guess what? (laughs) It's going to be even more. So is that something you run into a lot as well? 
So often. I, mean, I had a conversation recently, actually, with a student who knew, said pre-med. I'm definitely pre-med. But when I asked her, well, tell me about some of your favorite classes, it was English and then history. And then, oh, and I guess science is OK, too. And I'm thinking, do you know how much science is going to be involved in a pre-med curriculum? And sometimes when I meet with those students who are excited about business, when we're talking about, especially when trying to figure out their essays, where they have to answer why business, for example, mm. they don't know how to answer because they don't know what a business major really means. Like they don't understand what the types of classes are and, and what exactly they'll be studying. They know they want to make money. Mm -hmm. They know they might be interested in the stock market, but mm -hmm. they don't know what, what it, that means in terms of satisfying four years of requirements within a particular field. So that's why the research can be so helpful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just going to put in a little plug. This is not the topic of today's thing, but you don't have to major in business to go into business. So that's the good news. If, if you research business and you say, I do not want to do this major. There are other pathways to business. So, all right, but like, so let's, let's dig right in. Like, what are some of the ways that students can start to find out, you know, more about different majors and research them? So there's a couple of resources. The first will be much more direct and we can actually start here. It's with the college board website. They have a section called big future. And if you like, I can do a quick screen share and we can show mm -hmm. everybody how it works. That sounds great. All right. So just for everybody who's listening to this on the podcast, we will describe what we're looking at. But I do recommend that you go online um, to blog.getintocollege.com and you can look up today's um, you, you can get the link to this so that you can watch it online as well. OK, so I'll do a screen share. So the, the way to find this information um, you can go, usually I go into the search engine and I'll type in college board, big future, major and career, because mm -hmm. that's the site that we're going to the college board. They recently redid their big future website with their, their college search tool. Mm -hmm. Not a huge fan personally, Me but this, <laughs> this site has not changed. So hooray, hooray for the majors and careers. Um, so once you get to the major and career search, you'll see the screen is divided up into different types of majors in very broad categories and then different types of careers. Again, very, very broad categories. There is a search box on the page that if you wanted to type in the name of a, um, a major or type in a career, you can find it quickly that way. But if you're not sure, or you just like browsing, <laughs> you're, you're like, you like going into the library and just like looking at the whole shelf of options, mm -hmm. then, then looking at the categories here can be fascinating. So for example, here under major categories, you'll see business is listed as the second option with a little plus next to it. And then when I click on the plus, it's going to open up another category. And when I click on that again, I'll see within business, there are a huge range of options. And most of these expand even further. So there's the accounting and finance group of majors, which I could then open up and there's a huge range under that. I'm going to close it for a second. There's general business management administration. There's hospitality administration. There's human resources. There's lots and lots of options. So for someone who says, I want business, just know for that there's not just one business major necessarily. There could be 15 or 20 even majors within a particular college. Mm -hmm. um, lots of, lots of choices to look at. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love the whole range. I mean, there's, you know, credit management, right? Like um, you can even, I think a subsection of business sometimes is things like construction management. You know, these are things that I really hadn't heard of going to a traditional liberal arts and sciences college, but you can find out about all of them on the big future website. And there's not going to be, you know, not every college obviously isn't, is going to have all of these options, but it can be such a great starting point. And I'll show you what happens when you click on one of these. So let's say, for example, you're thinking about finance, which is a very common concentration within the business major, or it could be a separate track, um, a separate major within um, for a college within the school of business. So when I click on finance, it's going to bring me to sort of like a day in the life of, of what a finance major is all about. And there's a little description here. There are some suggestions suggestions for um, the types of ways to think about the strength of a college's finance major. Um, There's suggested high school classes that will help prepare you for that finance major. And then it lists some generic but still interesting college class titles of courses you might take when you're in college if you were a finance major. So lots of interesting facts to look at here. And then at the bottom, which is sort of nice, is related majors. So let's say after reading this, you say, ooh, I like this idea of finance. What else might be out there that's similar to finance? You could then link to accounting or economics or insurance, for example, to see some other some other choices. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love this website and I send students to it all the time. And it's a great reference for me because, again, like I don't know about how to prepare for every single major. Um, You know, I have a good grasp of some of the business stuff because it's so common. But students, you know, I had to research nursing. I didn't really know what led to that as one example. For sure. Yeah. So. I guess one other other area I wanted to point out, since we mentioned it earlier, was um, computer science, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to even find where these are, but that's the beat, the joy and just sort of clicking through all the pluses. Computer science lives in the science, math, and technology category. Um, and then you go down and you'll see computer and information science. And you think, well, that's just one major, right? It's like, nope, you can, <laughs> there's lots of specialties within computer science even. Um, and when you are inside of a particular category, I didn't show this to you on the, the previous page, There, this site does link you to the College Board's college search page. So here on the right-hand side, it says what majors, what colleges offer a major in computer science, find out now. If you click on that, it will take you to the other part of the Big Future website that will show you colleges that offer computer science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so exciting to look at all this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I see the helpful high school courses, et cetera. So for any particular major or degree, they're going to give you all these information, all this information. Um, but this is a great starting point, right? So I, I think, you know, especially if you're not sure of what you want to study, or again, if you're pretty sure, but you just want to confirm it, this is a nice starting point. But because this is the College Board website, this isn't going to be as specific as what you will find at each individual school's website where they talk about their unique majors and the types of classes that will be required for the major. So if Mm -hmm. you want, we can take a look at that. I don't know if you had some other talk, you know, if there were other questions we wanted to talk about first, or we could, we could turn on over to. um, uh, 
a university website. Yeah, no, let's move to a university website. And and I'm with you. Like, I'm really want to encourage students to come to the bigfuture.collegeboard website and click around, um, you know, so based on what, what you've discussed already. But, but now let's take it to a university or college. Right. So... The University of Illinois is on my mind right now because uh, the common application for those of you who are following, um, it is recently rolled over. It recently updated for this new admission cycle. And the University of Illinois is one of the new schools that will be accepting the common application this year. So I was I was on their website already looking at some things. I thought, you know, this this is a nice website to, to use as an example. Um, Every college website hides this information in a slightly different place. Sometimes it's in the admissions part of the website. Sometimes it's in the academics part. But generally, if you go into your internet search and browser and you type in the name of the school, for example, University of Illinois, and then majors, it will take you to the right place. Mm -hmm. So for the University of Illinois here... This is their entire list of majors, and it has an A to Z listing here, and it just it, it's pages upon pages showing you just their undergraduate programs. So for those who really like, you know, looking at all their options, this could be a fun way to get into it. Um, but for smaller schools, of course, the list won't seem as overwhelming. They may only have 50 majors to choose from, let's say. Um, not like probably the, the 500 or so that it looks right. like here. <laughs> but when you click on a major, I'm gonna show you what happens. Again, every school is gonna be a little bit different, but let's go into, um, since we were talking about computer science most recently, let's go to the C's here. And you'll see, at least at the University of Illinois, again, every school's different. They have some really interesting interdisciplinary computer science majors, meaning mm -hmm. that they're combining computer science with another field altogether. And sometimes it's really different, like computer science and music or computer right. science and linguistics. How cool. Or philosophy. I know that's. Or anthropology. I mean, <laughs> I, I can imagine linguistics, right? Because computer science is about a language of computers, but anthropology never even thought of something like right? that. So really neat ways to see what's available at the schools by looking at their list of majors. Mm -hmm. But when you click on this, the, the well, let's click on the original, the, the main computer science major here, what it's nice, it gives you a nice description of what this program is at the University of Illinois. And then within degree requirements, this is where it gets really exciting. Well, I think it does. It tells you exactly what classes you'll need to take to graduate with this major. So this is the time when students will say, well, you know, I want business, but I don't really know what that means. This will tell you what that means because if you are interested in, here we are, computer science, you know, okay, I'm gonna be taking, okay, some, here's looks like an ethics class, it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, I'll be taking definitely some calculus. Here's some physics that I'll be taking. Mm -hmm. And then here's where it's really interesting, the technical core, they call it here. And when you click to so this, where it's this example here, CS124, that's their introduction to computer science class. So every class has a number and then a title of the class. But you wonder, well, 
what's that? Maybe I can guess what that is, but I have no idea what discrete structures is. You can click on the, on the link and it explains it for you. It's like, Oh, okay. I get it now. Like, and, and this is how you can start to figure out is if these are the sorts of classes that seem interesting to you, like if you go through and click through all of these and they all still seem really exciting, then maybe computer science would be the right major for you. But if, mm-hmm. if you're getting through it and you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that's what it meant to be. I didn't realize I'd be taking this much math or I didn't realize that I wouldn't be able to do as much, you know, have as much room for my electives. Mm-hmm. You'll know, you'll know by going through it. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. And I think that's an important note, too, is that it's not just about all the math, but it is about how much room do you have for electives? How much flexibility might there be? Um, I mean, we see the University of Illinois has a lot of like kind of really interesting combined majors with computer science. But, you know, I talk to students who want to do creative writing and all kinds of other things. And so, you know, think carefully about what you're going to have time to do. Exactly. So that was it for my little screen share. So I hope that was fun looking at the different options. And again, you may, sometimes it's hard to find the course descriptions for the different classes. Majors, the list of majors is usually available somewhere obvious, but if you're trying to find some of those, you know, what is, what does this class actually entail? Sometimes you have to go find the course catalog for that. But again, Mm -hmm. a search on their, on their main website can usually take you to the course catalog for most colleges. Mm -hmm. I wonder why, just while we're on here and we have time, would it, could we do a screen share of like a business major? Would that be possible? Because I, I, you know, as you and I have discussed, that's the one where there might be some of the most misunderstandings. So I'd love to see that. Yeah. So I went to B, look, there's no business. So what Mm -hmm. does that mean? (laughs) It means that at some colleges, the business major isn't always just called business. It might be called management um, or it might be under economics. So sometimes it takes a little bit of digging to to find exactly um, where it is. I'm going to do a find here Mm -hmm. and do a search for business and see where business pops up. So there's a business within crop sciences. There's a business within German studies. Wow. That's another new one. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. All these amazing, this is why you could see why I like researching. It gets right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so here's management um, and a Bachelor of Science in management. And there's more. I, I know that if you go within the, the Illinois, the School of Business, like their homepage, you'll find a much like a tighter list of their majors. This again is the entire university, what they offer. So here we are. What is a management major really mean here, right? So we're going to click on the degree requirements. Mm-hmm. And what they did here for this major, I noted, they they spell out for you. So you're not just taking business classes. You have to complete general education, general education requirements, which are sort of like in high school, right? When you have to take a little bit of English, a little bit of math, a little bit of this to graduate. Same thing in college. These are these are very flexible requirements. So you have to take something, for example, within literature and the arts. You have to take some, one or two classes within history or philosophy. So those are some general, um, broader classes to take. But here we go, core requirements for the management major. So like accounting. So that's sort of like a yes. I, you know, we've, a lot of us have heard of accounting before, but business dynamics. What does that mean, right? So mm-hmm. you can you can learn about that here and and get a sense for what that is, what the what the course is all about. Here it talks about teamwork and leadership skills. You're like, okay, I like the sound of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So the legal environment of business. So that's interesting. Principles of marketing, business mm-hmm. policy and strategy. So there's and a- public speaking, which is uh, terrifying for some students, but, you know, I think is important if you're going to be a business person. Right. And so these are all, it looks like all required. It's 54 hours of, of classes that you're going to be, that you must take as a management major at the University of, of Illinois. Mm-hmm. So, Can you scroll back up too? Mm-hmm. I just, one of the things I wanted to highlight is language other than English. Um, completion of a third semester or equivalent of a language other than English is required. Completion of three years in high school satisfies this requirement. I'm just high. This is again, a little off topic, but I want to highlight it because I talk to students and parents both who say, why is this important? I'm going into business. Well, uh, the colleges and universities think it's important too. And it's because they want you to have that global literacy. And if you're, and I'm looking at the screen here too, and they have a global business perspectives, um, so just like to throw those things out there. Yes. You know, yep. it's, we often say, you know, you need to, you need a lot of math or some economics, you know, those types of classes to be ready for a business major, but you're absolutely right. They're, they need you to be, um, a, a strong writer. They need you to have, it's helpful to have those diverse perspectives that other classes can offer you. And, and a lot of, I have seen actually a lot of business programs that have a language um, study abroad program so that people who want to do international business, for example, can can spend a year or so in another country learning about business, too, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. Great, Elise. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Yeah. So any last we have just a few minutes left, any sort of last wrap up? I mean, I'm with you. I think this kind of thing is really, really fun. So I know it's hard to find things, but I guess I would personally just emphasize you're looking for the catalog of courses. It's the document that the students use themselves. This is not a bright, shiny object designed to attract you. It's actually for the students. And so there's really good information in there. Yeah. And you know, something that I was discussing with some of our colleagues before the show was, you know, for students who are undecided and they have these, you know, myriad of options of what they could be studying. What if you're not sure and going in undecided? I just want to put out there that is a hundred percent. Okay. So many students apply as undecided on their applications. And for most colleges, you're not declaring your official major until the end of your sophomore year. That's Mm -hmm. from, you know, there are some instances like for engineering, for example, I know that's common. You declare earlier, some universities, um, they enter you into a particular major from the very beginning, but for, for the majority of schools that I have researched and have worked at, it's, you have two full years to explore, try different classes Mm -hmm. before you have to officially designate what major you'll be committing to. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks so much, Elise. My pleasure. Okay. All right. Um, And thanks so much to Beth and Kara. If you're interested, by the way, in learning about whether colleges care about community service, whether to prep for the PSAT, turn in for tune in to our show next week on August 19th. And finally, I want to remind you that you don't have to listen to our shows live. Every show is accessible 24 seven on the Voice America website. And you can also download every show for free on iTunes. And by the way, if you listen to iTunes, please rate us so that other people can find 
find us, find us. We'd really appreciate it. And again, if you want to search for a particular show topic, you want to watch the video, you can go to our blog page online at blog.getintocollege.com. And don't forget, we're here every Thursday at 4 Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Thank you for tuning in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and the team of experts at Bright Horizons College Coach. Join us again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week.